Okay, you guys, let's do this. It's gonna be so professional. Like, so professional. Here we go. Welcome to the Lab Support Podcast with your hosts, Michelle Anderson and June Colson, a couple of clean comedians who support each other and others through comedy's wacky and winding roads. I hope you're ready. Get set. Let's go. Since podcasts have a catchy tune, we wrote this song for Michelle and June. Clean comedians are best friends too. Oh, so good. <laughs> and you never know what they'll say or do. Here we go, sing with me. I'm gonna support, or, or, with Michelle, who's really short. We'll have a ball, 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 with June, who's really tall. They have fun, 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 interviewing comedians. I'm gonna support, or, or, with Michelle, who's really short. Support podcast brought to you by the Hot Bread Comedy Welcome to the award-winning <laughs> Laugh Support Podcast. I'm your host, June Colson, here with the amazing Michelle with one L Trisha's sister, Rhonda Corey's what? friend, Michelle yes. Van Dusen. What's up, Buttercup? Hey, <laughs> what's up, Buttercup? I haven't heard that in a long time. So uh, let's see. Uh, Buttercup, wait, that's a dandelion thing. Like if you put it underneath your chin, oh, you like butter. Remember? Remember that? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I know what I remember from, no, what I remember from dandelions. <laughs> first of all, the, like, the, my grandfather would be like, don't blow, you know how the little seeds, he's like, don't blow on the dandelion. Because then the seeds would spread and he would have a bunch of dandelions the next year. Yeah, but my yep. my brother and I, they like with the dandelions. Did you ever do the pee pee joke? There was like a whole story, and you popped no. the head off the dandelion, and then you rubbed it down somebody's arm, and it looked like it made a yellow trail down their wrist. And it was like it was like a story about a baby, and the baby went to town, and then the baby's head popped off, and he peed all the way home or something. It was, <laughs> no, you don't never, know that one. Never, okay. no. Okay. I remember rubbing dandelions on each other, and you know, because it was the whole butter thing, but. I wow, P takes it to a whole nother level. No, no. What yeah, about no. the um what about <laughs> the dandelion, the dead dandelion or the dandelion seeds? My I, I my son and his friends would like trick each other into actually inhaling the dandelion seeds. Like they would oh. go to blow on them or something, and and the person in front of you would blow on it real fast where it would go into your mouth. Oh, my oh, poor no. nephew Peyton. Oh, they were down by the creek and and my and my my son ended up like blowing the dandelion seeds in Peyton's throat and the child like violently sick <laughs> like he got sick because he has that gag reflex you know where like everything makes him gag and a, a mouthful of dandelion seeds and it was a bad situation bad yeah situation. I'm I'm so glad now knowing um knowing this about your kids that we yes. didn't grow up near each other our children stayed here no. you stayed there My kids Kentucky. are trouble kids are trouble. Have you ever had dandelion food? Like my, my grandfather uh, or my great grandfather, um, he could tell you like everything in the yard that you could eat, like every weed that you could eat. And I don't know if that was like growing up in the great depression. That's how they made a salad. I have no idea, but they, he could like tell you, but they would make like dandelion tea. And now people pay at these fancy tea places for mm -hmm. dandelion tea. Have you ever oh, had yeah. that? That just sounds disgusting to me. No, it's uh, it's actually uh, quite good. Um, you should try it sometime. I yeah. I had it in a salad in a salad one time um, because I was watching the Rhonda Corey uh, Talk Is Cheap show, and they had uh, Rhonda Judy Corey, was Rhonda on Corey there. of Rhonda Corey Comedy, yeah, Rhonda yeah, Colson yeah. Corey, your friend and yep. our friend. Yeah, Have we mentioned her on the show. 
I don't think so. I don't think we've okay. ever mentioned okay. her name. Well, we should know. bring her up every once in a while. Yeah. Go right ahead. I, I think I agree. So um, my sister Trisha did not watch this show, but I did. And it uh, Judy was talking about how to make salads, and she put a dandelion in it. It was amazing. So wow. just putting that out there. Yeah. I don't want. I don't want anything to do with yeah. that. I'll just stick to the yeah. black coffee. This is by by the way. It's <laughs> it's my second cup this morning. Like. I don't, I could not sleep last night at all. And I'm going to admit right now, one o'clock in the morning, I just got out of bed and I heated up a big old thing of SpaghettiOs and meatballs. And I laid in my bed beside my husband who was snoring and in sleepy town. And I ate a bowl of SpaghettiOs, which might be why, I don't know, I'm I'm not losing weight because I eat SpaghettiOs at one o'clock in the morning. And here, and here's the deal, Pickle. (laughs) Here's the deal, pickle. Like my yeah. my my trainer at the gym or whatever, they're like, you gotta if you want more energy, you gotta decrease the carbs. You know, stop with the carbs. And I'm like, what do they know, dude? You have never seen me clean my house after having a bowl of Fruit Loops, a zebra cake, and three cosmic brownies. That's freaking energy right there. That's energy. It's crazy energy. I don't know. I don't know if I believe the protein versus carbs thing. So, I mean, I do crash in about 48 seconds. Like it's like I'm going and then I'm, I'm done. I'm just, yeah. Done. So you so. clean, you clean that corner on the countertop and then that's yeah. it. You're out. Yeah. yeah that's, <laughs> that's it. And they find that's me in the thought. fetal position somewhere underneath the bar in the kitchen. They're like, Oh, look, mom, mom had cosmic brownies again. So. <laughs> but here's, here's the thing. When you're rocking and crying on the floor uh-huh. in the fetal position, that right there, that's exercise. So you're doing okay. You're doing okay. You have such yeah. a way of, of bringing the positivity. Yeah. Yeah. To everything. And if you hold your Fitbit and just shake it, that also, it, it, it counts those steps. So you're fine. Yes. You're fine. Yeah. So I got you. I got well, you. I'll train you. Our interview no worries, this morning, no not, not yeah. super early, but because I was eating SpaghettiOs at one o'clock in the morning, I woke up and my eyes are like all puffy and you know, I don't have eyebrows. I have to draw them on. So I was like trying to draw them really high. So I look like I was awake this morning. Do I look I awake? Do I look awake? No, 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 you don't. Okay. <laughs> I think I am. I'm, I'm excited about today. This is, yes. this is exciting. This well, is tell exciting. Us, uh, tell us who is on the show today, Michelle Van Dusen. I, I'm excited too. Let's talk about him. Okay. All right. So our guest today is a man of many talents. Not only is he a stand-up comedian, he's a musician, a songwriter, an actor, a singer, tap dancer. He does characters and impersonations. He is the Michael Phelps of physical comedy. A beast. He's performed from coast to coast in churches and clubs and colleges, corporate events. He was on NBC's Last Comic Standing, Thou Shalt Laugh. He's got a dry bar comedy. He's currently in Branson, and he entertains on the Redneck Comedy Bus Tour. Let's welcome to the Laugh Support Podcast, our friend, and now yours, the man raised by clowns, Joey Aiello! There he is! No, stop it. Keep clapping, stop. No, No, stop. Come on. One more time. Okay, come on. Just one more time. No. We can't. We can't. We don't have time Joey, for this. Welcome what? to the show. You're speaking my language. Redneck bus tour. Like my daddy's name is Hot Dog. If I hadn't mentioned that, like I'm, I was born for a redneck bus tour. What in the world is that? You talk about a stretch, right? Like, I mean, I'm going to talk to you about the way I grew up, but uh, I had to really stretch myself. To, it's a character, you know, like for mm. me, they didn't want to hire me. Like I was like the only Yankee that they've ever hired. And uh, oh, wait, you're a Yankee? 
Yankee does Michelle, life. take me out. Take me out right now. Take in, me in out. In real life, you better believe it, right? <laughs> but Michelle can tell you how I grew up. She can tell you a little bit. She knows me and, and knows I was, when, when it says raised by clowns, my father was a professional clown. My mom was a professional clown. And my dad always taught me about characters. And but that was way before I ever got into stand up. So looking back over my life, I had training in clowning. You know, people are scared of clowns, but they're really not. They're scared of the makeup. They're scared of the, mm. the what kind of Hollywood has done to clowns. They've, yeah. they've demonized them and made them scary, yeah. which is really sad when you think about it, because kids uh, clowning is a form of imagination and uh, mm. it's a, a, a pretending and uh, basically uh, being vulnerable, having empathy, having childlike imagination uh, that that's reserved for children. That's the purity of children. Right. And right, clowns yeah. were the entertainers for them. Uh, but then some people came along and decided to be perverted and molest and do horrible things uh, with bad intentions. And they, they, they basically polluted uh, what was meant for pure uh, entertainment and fun. And, and uh, I think my family, that was our recipe. We, we did, we did clowning as a family, like in the eighties, mm. my dad belonged to a clown club, which was called LAFT. And uh, they would allow us kids to be clowns with our parents. So at the nice. age of nine years old, I used to get dressed um, I used to get dressed up and put the makeup on, the wig, the big shoes, and we would get in the car and go to the parade as a clown family. And it would be great because we pull up next to regular families at the red light. And I was just a creepy <laughs> little it clown looking out the window. <laughs> For those that are scared of clowns, I'm just a little it clown. Just a little it clown. <laughs> and one day we pulled up. They're next breeding. To this... Oh, <laughs> right. Yes. One day we one day we pulled up next to this regular family and they looked over and they seen me and my brother and my mom and my dad all dressed like clowns and they started freaking out and they're jumping up and down and their cars going up and down and left and right. I remember I looked at my brother and I looked at them and I looked back at my brother and I said, they are so weird. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. What a strange family. <laughs> you know, we were doing we were doing clowning as a family to bring joy to other families. My dad, yes. my dad was a police officer. And so my father actually knew Ronald McDonald, the original. He was from Milwaukee oh, wow. and he was friends with him. And that guy invited wow. him to the Ronald McDonald houses. So my dad was like a Patch Adams, but he would go in full costume and he would entertain uh, wow. the, the kids and make them laugh. And, and uh, I talked to my brother yesterday about it. Cause I, I knew I was coming on here and you know, I, I don't like to talk about the clowning in it, 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 it because of the way people perceive it. A lot of the times, it, are you trying to be a clown? No, I'm not. It's, I grew up in it. You know, this was mm -hmm. my family story, you know? And, yeah. um, and just because there's a couple people who were scared or whatever their perceptions were, they, they ruined it. You know, they put a lot mm -hmm. of clowns out of business. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and what's funny is clowns is, is the original history of comedy. It goes all the way yeah. back to the gestures. So I meet comedians that are like, I hate clowns. Dude, you didn't uh, hate the history of comedy. I mean, Charlie oh, Chaplin, wow. there's four, there's four, there's four types of clowns. There's the white face clown. That was what my father was. There was a mm -hmm. goose clown. That's what my mother was. There's a tramp or hobo clown. And that actually goes back to uh, the depression, uh, mm. the great depression in the boxcar hobos. So the, yeah. the, and that's what Charlie Chaplin is. He is a tramp clown. 
And he was really, really popular because mm. everybody was broke when he came out. <laughs> you know, mm. everybody was poor. And so yes. he, he he had a vulnerability and he was silent. He didn't even say anything, but he took his feet and he turned them like this, which is simulating clown shoes. So he so everything he does is what's called clowning. Uh, and and then there's a called a character clown where you become a, a a respectable position in society, but you dress up like it. And it doesn't matter if you have makeup on. You're making fun of that. Mm. And in the in the in the twenty in, in the Great Depression, uh, the poor people there was a big separation between rich and poor. And so the poor would make fun of the rich because they knew they weren't rich, but they were happy and they had joy even when they had nothing. And yeah. so that's where the, that's where it came out of the art form came out of that. And so my, you know, my, even my family, like my, my great grandfather, he was an immigrant. He came from Italy to New York, New York to Chicago and in, in the witness protection. It's a complicated story. I don't want to get deep into it. <laughs> <laughs> he zigzagged into America. Okay. Got right. it. So my whole family history, even my father and my grand, they were immigrants and they came in yeah. this country. And, and, and so they, you know, you know, so my father always taught me to take nothing and make it into something. Um, mm. Create, create, because create, you know, I, I wrote on Facebook the other day, creating is like saving, you know, it's easy to spend, you know, it's, it's hard, it, it's, it's hard, to, it's hard to save and it's, it's easy to take, it's hard to create. And so when mm. you create, you need to create from your point of view, because then nobody can steal it. And so that's why my cover said raised by clowns. And I took a pic, I took a, the picture because my father had us all dress up like clowns in the eighties. And and uh, and and he took a family portrait. I remembered that portrait, so I took it and I put it above a fireplace. And then I sat in the chair with my dad's actual clown shoes on because he had just passed away, and I wanted to pay tribute to him. And above my head, you can see him wearing the, those same shoes in the picture, and we're all dressed up like clowns. Okay. And uh, in my hand, I have a juice box because I don't drink. And uh, and and and. and <laughs> And in my in my in my other hand, I have a pipe, but I don't smoke, so it's a bubble pipe. And I'm basically showing that I come from a bougie, upscale clown family. Yes. And <laughs> and my comedy's going to be clean because that's what I am and that's what I do. And I'm yeah. not changing it for nobody. And uh, and and so you know, the world always tries to come along and make you feel insecure about, mm -hmm. you know, you know, you shouldn't talk about that and you shouldn't talk about this. And it happened to me when I put the raised by clowns DVD out, it was my first special. And I said, get my new DVD raised by clowns. And this lady didn't know my story. And she, she, I was in Nashville and she came up to me after a show and she goes, I'm offended that she would refer to your parents, the ones that gave you life. <laughs> It's just a bunch of clowns. How dare you? <laughs> and then she goes, what do they do for fun? I'm like, they like to dress up like professional clowns. And she walked away. You can never be serious. You can never be serious. Of course I can't. I was raised this way. Yes. So I what I hear. this way. 
What I hear, Joey, is like do, literally do, you were. Do, do. I'm sorry, I'm singing. You're good. I well, was go raised this way. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, what I hear you well, saying though is that like you literally, you know, the name of the show is Laugh Support, and you literally had a uh, a front row view of Laugh Support. My brother, my brother's in law enforcement, which is a he's a police officer. It's a very difficult job. They don't get to see. Um, the best in humans a lot. Right. And I can imagine that, that your dad in this, these moments where he, he was dressed as a clown and he went in and he saw these children and he got to bring joy to them. One had to really fuel his soul and had to be a good respite from the, the law enforcement position. And then, you know, you saw him supporting families of children who are going through the most difficult time in their life and got to have a moment of joy and laughter. And then your whole family supported each other right. in your family clown car. right? My dad was a cop, a clown and a Christian, you know, I mean, everyone went to work with him. His motto must've been stop running. I know you got warrants. Just come back. Yes. We're going to have a Bible study. <laughs> if you'd stop running, I was going to make you a balloon animal. We got donuts back here. <laughs> Just come back. We're going to pray for you. Then we're going to take you to prison. Yes. So my father used clowning as a way to escape all the Handcuffs. crap that he had to deal with. Yeah. It was an outlet. And and yeah. and being a Christian, that's called praise. That's called praying. That's called letting go of fears and giving it to a higher power. And to me, that's what comedy is. It's letting go of of. of of trying to control, you can't control comedy. You just can't. It, it, when you try to control it, it's not funny. When you have to over-explain it, it's not funny. Right. When you try to control and control and control and control and control and control, <laughs> you know, you get tased. And the <laughs> this is true. <laughs> and so that's what clowning is: is play. You know, so people get so wrapped up on, oh my gosh, the makeup. We're not talking about makeup. We're talking about playing. We're talking mm -hmm. about imagination. We're talking about being free. That's what we're talking about. And you don't know what freedom is because you're so controlling. And so I had to tell, because I talked to Michelle about this this morning. My father had a mentor. He had what's called the clown father. It's like a godfather. <laughs> yes, yes. The clown father. <laughs> but he's the clown father. And it's really his name, which is funny. because You I may honk my nose now. And that's probably why my dad sought <laughs> yes. out the clown father. Because, you know, he's an Ita he's, he's you don't, Italian Yeah, you don't kiss you know? the ring. You squeeze the nose. That's Okay, that's I'll the, take the jokes from here. But the I point is... <laughs> Don't be stealing my, don't be stealing my family's premise. Okay, I'm, sorry, I'm, sorry. I'm so just sorry. kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Stay These late, Jude. You're fine. You're fine. No, no. So, so you know, he had a he had a a clown father, and I was nine years old. Okay, so this is not my opinion of today as an adult. I I was just a, a kid. I really wasn't thinking about. I, I was just like, my dad's crazy and he likes to have fun and he's playing and we're having fun as a family and okay, fine. But my dad wanted to take it one step further. He really enjoyed clowning. He wanted to be, he wanted to be professional. He didn't just want to, he didn't want, see, that's another reason why people are scared of clowns because you get these people that are hacky and they're not funny and they don't have talent or they don't have the passion to make it funny. And they put the wig on, they put the makeup on, and then they walk around and they use the regular voice. Hi, you want a hug? You know, you're scared of you're scared of creepy people. My father wasn't creepy. He was really funny. 
He was funnier yeah. than my mom. He was because he he just was. And then he was funnier than his got his his clown father. And the reason why he was funnier than him was because the clown father. I remember as a kid, they used to get in disagreements. My dad wouldn't fight. He wasn't like that. He wanted to have fun. But the clown father would get really upset because he wanted because they were going to do a show and he wanted to know what the line was and you need to say it this way. And my dad's like, OK, OK, OK. And he goes, do it. OK. <laughs> and then and he would do the lines for the, the clown father just to, to make him happy. And then they do the show and my dad didn't do one line. He oh. just but my dad killed it. I remember my father used to come ripping in the back and I even have videos. Uh, I need to, I need to digitalize them because he was just yeah. so good. He was free. And, um, and he would just come out and, and the laugh per minute that he got was just pow, 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 pow. I just remember that as a kid. Mm. And, and I, I never thought my, his clown father was funny because his clown father was too controlling. He, you know, he just, he, he didn't, um, so, so I was watching this way before I got into comedy, and I have a note I'm trying to find. Um, where does it have to be? Well, I'm, I have a question while you're looking. Yeah, for go, ahead. Note. Um, go ahead. Did uh, having that uh, your the clown father and then your dad and was wasn't that kind of like watching like Laurel and Hardy? You know where one... yeah, so my mom so my mom was so my dad was a white face clown and my father was in a goose clown and white face mm -hmm. clowns they're, they're that was so funny about my dad he kind of he kind of broke the rule of his character really because white face clowns are more they're smart they're smart and uh you know he actually performed like a four-year-old he actually was kind of dumb <laughs> <laughs> but, but 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 yet he but but my mother was a goose. So the, so the white face is usually the one that hand, that uh, sets up the a goose to fail, or the goose throws the the pie, and the white face gets it in 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 the face. But the white face tend to be more the straight guy, and and the goose tend to be the fall guy. As with my with my mom and dad, uh, my dad was the fall guy, and my mom was the person who threw. She he was her helper, you know. And uh, mm -hmm. but I, I, I just uh, I instantly knew what my character was when I got into comedy, when I would work with other comedians like uh, for me, um, the type of comedians I really like that I met and started uh, having friendships with, with people like Tim Hawkins and Preacher Lawson. And and one of the reasons why that is because my father always taught me explore all sides of yourselves and go with your first instincts. And those mm -hmm. types of comics do that. They go on stage. They don't sit there and try to. Get, you know, they just go for it. Bam, 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 bam. And they have mm -hmm. fun and they go with their instincts and um, they're not tied down to the rules so much. They break the rules. I mean, Tim Hawkins yeah. breaks rules. Preacher Lawson breaks rules. <laughs> uh, Robin Williams, Jim Carrey, those are rule breaking comedians. And those are the ones that I always loved. And uh, and so that's kind of that, that that's it was a no brainer for me. Like, that's what you are. That's what you're going to be. And just be that. And it was funny. I was performing at a comedy club in my home club and I, I felt uh, I felt alone, you know, because I was in Minnesota and those guys are more drier. They're more uh, intellectual. And, and they were getting laughs. And when I get up, I wasn't accepted with, you know, because that was not the right venue for me in, in a way uh, with, the, with how I was performing too big for, you know, I needed mm. to adapt my style to the room, you know, and um, but I was so new, I, I didn't know that yet. And uh, 
so I tried to sit down on a on a stool and I tried to be, you know, with my hands together, which I come from an Italian family. If you tie our hands yeah. down, we don't know what to do, you know. And um, <laughs> so, 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 uh, so I, 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 I perform like those other guys do. And the club owner comes up to me and he goes, if you ever do that again. You're not welcome in this club. And I didn't even know what he was talking about. I'm like, do what? What did I do? He goes, you didn't do who you are. You you, you weren't the Joey we know. You you, you were you were tied up and you, you were stiff and you weren't funny and you, and you weren't who you are. And and there's a joke I wrote where I say, I, nowadays people are like, just be you, bro. Just be you. And I'm like, okay, don't be that you. Be the you we want you to be. Yes. But be yours. So trust me. <laughs> I know what it's like, you know, but the, but the problem is that's not my problem. That's their problem because they mm -hmm. don't know what it's like to have fun. Like I do the redneck comedy bus and I play the, 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 the redneck character and uh, we have, you know, the bus wants us to hold up cards. It's our first year. So I haven't written all my own jokes yet because I'm new to this character. So I kind of, you know, use whatever the bus wanted me to do. So we had these redneck uh, words like Obama, that's a redneck word. And I go, go ahead and say it, Obama. And the bus Obama. goes, Obama bought a bag of chips and ate them Obama self. You know, so, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, doing that Foxworthy type thing, yes. right? That's what they wanted me to do. So I did that. And a lady from Florida, she's a corporate lady. She's like one of the heads of Westgate. She comes up to me and uh, she goes, uh, there's one thing I didn't like about your tour. And I thought she was going to say about the cards. And she did say about the cards. She goes, I didn't like the way your cards were torn and stepped on. You need to get those laminated. And I was new in my character and I was still in my character voice. And I go, ma'am, this is the redneck comedy bus. We don't laminate. We duct tape. <laughs> and when... <laughs> When I said we don't laminate, we duct tape. I wrote a song about it. We don't laminate, we duct tape. Yes, it's true. If you got a tear on your chair, we'll rip a piece off and fix it for you. I made it into a sing along <laughs> yes. where the where the bus sings and, and they go we duct tape and then I and then I put I put the mic in someone's at the end. I said hit hit the high note and they don't know what what I'm doing. So so they say like the, the, they're supposed to go Ooh, but they go high note. Uh -huh. <laughs> It's funny because they because I don't want them to know what we're doing. We're playing. We're 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 using our imagination. And because they're so stiff and they're not ready to have fun, they actually become a punchline because they're not they're not going along with it and, and having fun with it. And that's what joking is. That's what clowning is. You know, uh, you know, a preacher Lawson. He's a, I love I love him. He, he said something. He said uh, I watched him say something um, when he had his opportunity on AGT. He said two plus two equals nine. It's not ever the right answer. It's whatever. It's that's what comedy is. It's not. It's not controlled. It's not what you expect. And if you if you do expect it, then it's not funny. So right. it's a, a punchline has to be something you don't expect. And so, so once you master the techniques of, of comedy, then you have more freedom because you know what you're doing. I can't say that I'm a tap dancer. I took a class to do tap dancing. You're very sweet, Michelle. But, but <laughs> I saw but you I, tap. I was at your show <laughs> and I saw you tap and then you were, so you, you tapped. I'm sorry. You but, did it. But, 
but you know, I went to school. I decided I, I wanted to learn how to do that so I could have that in my toolbox. And every experience, that's what I meant by diversify your portfolio, stretch yourself, you know, doing the redneck. I gotta be honest, I can't stand doing it. It's not who I am, but it's a character. And so yeah. I treat it like that. And we play, we have fun. I, you know, people are so worried that I'm making fun. No, there was always a policy my dad told me. He said, We don't make fun, we have fun. There's a difference. And so mm-hmm. that's really what the difference is. When you take yourself too seriously, you mm-hmm. just can't have fun. And, um, you know, my dad always told me, if you can't take a joke, you shouldn't be telling them. And so, you know, he 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 put that on me to let me know not to take myself ser- too seriously where I can enjoy. And so I've been through loneliness and second guessing myself. But it I remember back to the way my dad raised me. And, you know, he's, he's like, you don't have to be filthy to be funny. You don't have to compromise who you are to get a laugh. Mm-hmm. And there's been times I have compromised myself. There has been times I've I've made mistakes, but I need to go back to what has worked and worked for me and our family. And uh, mm-hmm. and, and and that's what I continue to do. I, uh, I, I uh, I'm getting older in years. I want to be a, I, uh, I heard Tim Hawkins, too, the other day, um, I just was um, watching videos and he said, I want to bring joy to people. I'm not mm-hmm. trying to do politics. I'm not trying to. And yeah. I'm like, was like, that is our, that's my family recipe. That's what my dad. He wanted to bring joy to the kids at the Ronald McDonald House and St. Jude. And, mm-hmm. he, you know, and then and then at the age of 21, I had the equivalency of a massive stroke and I had to learn to walk again and talk again. I was very ill. Oh, wow. and they said mm-hmm. I would never perform again. And. I started, I didn't even start in comedy at 11 years old. I was a rapper and I met a, I met a African-American Pentecostal preacher in the AME. He was a, a professor of music and he was looking for a rapper for his choir. And he seen me opening for a Christian rap group back in the day called ETW. I actually opened for DC talk when they were rappers. So I opened, and that's where I met Michael Tate. Michael Tate had cut his, he cut his hand and, and, uh, he, he told me to come with him uh, and he was talking to me. And, and then that night they let me get on stage and rap with them. And that I was like 11 years old. And then I opened for ETW and this, this minister seen me and wanted me to join his choir. And he, he ended up, my, my sister was a, a, a music major at Carthage college. He was her professor, um, but he had a special uh, organization through the AME, the African Methodist Episcopal, Episcopal church that would work with young black youth. And, uh, and they funded that. Well, he chose to work, put, put me in his program and the AME got a, they got upset and they're like, why are you working with this young white kid? You know what? You should be working with our kids. And he goes, he goes, uh, this kid's anointed. And, I, and, and, and it's, hmm. you know, why don't you work with those kids too? Why don't you know? And, and so he stuck up for me and, and hmm. uh, he had called me, I, he moved to Minnesota and I was supposed to go with him. I was supposed to go show uh, one of my songs that I wrote a gospel song. Cause I wrote five songs on a gospel choir album. Cause he's the one who encouraged me to write gospel. And so I wrote five songs on a, on the ABC youth choirs album. And uh, he wanted me to go to Chicago with him. And uh, for some reason, I, I felt like if I got there and they seen me, they wouldn't accept me. Uh, And so I, I made up an excuse why I didn't want to go with him. And, and uh, he, he said, are you sure we're going to stop by your house and pick you up? And I'm like, no, you go. They ran into a fog 
and uh, the kid who took my place was killed, and my 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 mentor was killed in that car accident, and I would have been wow. sitting where that kid who took my place died, and and I you know it 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 killed me. It 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 was mm. really hard, and so I would have been doing music. I never thought in a million years I'd do comedy, and so that actually got me out of music, and then. Um, someone in, in, uh, invited me to a comedy event and I was wanting to have my group, my music group. Uh, she was doing a comedy show and she wanted me to, uh, she wanted me to be a comedian. I thought she wanted me to rap or do a song or do mm -hmm. something like that. And she said, just do comedy. So I tried it and I fell in love with it, the simplicity of it. And then I started pursuing the, the next chapter in my life, but it was my mentor who was killed that really killed it for me. And, and, uh, mm -hmm. um, I was at his funeral and, um, but I've kept in touch with his family and I'm so proud of his kids and proud of his wife. And, and, and just, you know, I had a father, but he was like, he was like a father too, because he, he mm. stuck up for me, even when other people didn't believe in me. And so it's so important to find people who believe in you mm. and, and deposit good into you. Uh, you mm -hmm. got to stay away from the people who will always tear you down and don't, don't ever give you anything good, you know, and just because someone is disciplined or gives you constructive criticism, you know, hear them out and, and, but, you know, and weigh the fruits of what they're saying, because I think the young generation, they, they, they have the, the new generation coming up. It's hard for them. They, they think any kind of criticism means that the person hates them. And that's not true right. either. And so I, I, so I, I just thank God that I had a, a balanced, uh, upbringing and that and that and that good people were put in my my way that shot you know that's why the whole race thing that doesn't even it doesn't even it doesn't even affect me and it doesn't make me second guess myself ever because uh because i had a mentor that taught me to love first not look on the outside appearance you mm -hmm. know so and it was that man who told me his name was reverend arthur foy he said don't box yourself in don't think all you can do is one thing because in the end that's all you have is that one thing he goes mm. he goes learn you know if you're a rapper then learn how to how to mix learn how to engineer learn how to edit learn how to promote mm. yourself learn how to market yourself it was him that put that in and so i just ran with it and started trying and started tr stepping out in faith and stretching myself in areas that i didn't think i could and time I didn't think I could, I just tried. And when I tried, doors opened. So, you know, um, it's you know, when you step out in faith, uh, you know, you know, I'm telling you, God will open doors that you never thought that could ever open. And so you don't want to force doors open. You want to try and and you and, and, and you'll discover and you, you probably will fail. That's part of it. Yeah. Part of it. It's it's the answer to say, this wasn't for me, you know? Okay, good. And believe me, I've failed many, many times. And, and, you know, you, you know, you know what it taught me? It, it taught me to find the person who's talented in that area and let them be a, be a part and that it can help me and I can help them, mm. you know, go, you know, everybody has their place. I think we, we look at what other people have. We become jealous of what other people have. And it's like, mm. you have a gift right inside yourself. You just have to believe in yourself. And, and, but you, but in order to grow, you have to surround yourself with people who are positive and uplifting so that mm -hmm. you can grow. That seems like a theme. Michelle and I have talked about this a couple of times in the last few days about not saying you won't do you, that you're not going to do something. And the only reason you're not doing it is fear. If that's the right. only reason you're not doing it, then you're not doing it for the wrong reason. There's a thousand reasons that you should say no to certain jobs and certain things. But if the only reason that's stopping you is you're just afraid, then 
that's the reason you should do it mm-hmm. is to get that to get that fear out of the way. It sounds like yeah. you've had a, along the along your journey, you have had so many wonderful mentors and people there to to support you and great people to to look towards. So now that you've been in this journey a while, have you been able to be someone that lifts somebody else or, or pulls somebody along um, and and maybe mentor them as well? Very much so. I mean, I'm doing it right now, and and I don't want to name names, you know, right. because I, I want them to, I want, you know, I, you know, I had somebody when I got into comedy be like, I'm your mentor. <laughs> well, yeah. uh, did I ask? I, it didn't go well. Let's just say that because my mentor, Joey, was pretty- I had somebody look at me and say, uh, I don't want to be your mentor. <laughs> I was like, I didn't even ask. I didn't even ask. Right, right, so right. I never right, said right. that out loud. No. <laughs> yes. right. You had someone tell you they're the mentor and I had someone go, I don't want to be your mentor. I'm like, I just said, hi, I'm June. <laughs> like, right, 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 right. And, um, you know, like I said, the way my mentor came into my life was it really almost was a God thing. You know, I, it wasn't like I was looking for him and he was looking for me. Uh, it was so funny because his, he had just got married and I was just only what, 13, 14. I love, I love this man. And, and she intimidated me. She, I felt like she mm. was, cause I'm still a young kid. I thought, I felt like she's taking him away from me. So um, I caught the garter at his wedding and uh, <laughs> yeah. And she tells uh, her name. I, I don't want to say her name. Uh, I, I'd have to check with her, but I love her. But I'll just tell the story. She said, uh, I would call the house. And the minute I heard her voice, I hung up. She said, I called 27 <laughs> times. And every time I heard, because I loved him. Not that I didn't love her. It's just that he's my mentor. Yes, you know what I'm saying? Yes. And, um, um, but now I've gone on to be good friends with her. She's remarried. And I just love, I love them. And And so, you know, it's one of those things where, the right person will come along, you know, mm-hmm. it is kind of, it's even like dating, you know, like we, you know, people are like, uh, how do I find someone go out and do what you do? Mm-hmm. And, and that person will come, they'll be attracted to you. And then you'll get to decide if that person's right for you or not. Mm-hmm. But when you sit around not doing or not trying or not ever going forward, you, you can't, you can't be upset that you don't have, if you've never, if you've never stepped out in faith yeah. and tried. How do you be a good mentor? Do you think like you said, you're kind of in that position now. What what do you think is important when you, when God puts you in that position where you get to be the mentor? What do, what do you think is the key to being a good mentor to someone? Passing on all the, all the mistakes that you made mm-hmm. and the improvements that you learned that, that overcame those mistakes. Uh, you know, when you can tell somebody who wants to do what you do and you can, you can shield them from the mistakes and the snares Mm. that got you into trouble. That is a mentor. That's someone who is protecting you and, Mm. and, and, and doesn't want any money from you. Doesn't want any time for you. They want you to grow up. They they believe in you. Um, Mm -hmm. and I don't, and they believe in your talent and your ability. They see something in you and, and, but then they, they, they share things with you that are, are going to protect you, not harm you. And, and to that Mm. person, it's hard sometimes if you don't trust, the person speaking. And so it, that's why I say it's important that, that, that you both are on the same page. Yeah. Uh, that's why I, when the person mm-hmm. said to me, when I got into comedy, uh, I'm your mentor. I, I, I looked at the fruits of this person and realized uh, he was more concerned about his name than he was mentoring me. It, it was kind of like, mm-hmm. be good. Just don't be better than me. And it, mm-hmm. it, mentorship is not a competition. Okay. Mentorship is a, a love and a give mm-hmm. uh, and, and to, to push the poor, 
person forward so that they can go and do great things. It's it's an investment in the future of all of us so that 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 people can go and accomplish. And and you you know uh, uh, mentorship is not uh, you know I get a percentage of that when you when you when you do right. well. There's none of that. It's just I want good things for you and I'm so glad. And and like I said there's not you're not going to you're not going to find 2700 mentors. You're going to find that one. It, you know it's always going to be few. You might even have two or three. And you know but 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 it's a, so it's it's kind of like the narrow road scenario with I mean, not everybody's going to you know you have to you have to follow uh you, you know what I'm trying to say you, you have to yeah I have to check myself too because I am in comedy. So sometimes I have to check myself if if uh, if I'm getting jealous of another comedian or mm-hmm. I have to go, no, wait, I have to mm-hmm. be a better example than that. And it's the same thing with content and comedy, too. Like we, yeah. we chose to be clean. So, you know, not everything nowadays, people's ideas of clean ain't even clean anymore. You know, so, so no. you have to you have to really push to 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 check yourself. And so that's what I mean. It, that's what a true mentor is, is, is the the agenda. There's no agenda, uh, but. The, that they want to see that person go forward and do great things, you know, that you want now, to bless people. Just like when you want to bring joy to someone, you can't control their joy. You just want to bless them, you know? Mm. Sorry. Now, I, I, I heard you say, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I just, I want to just touch you guys. I love you. <laughs> I want to be a bless. I'm a hands on guy. This is the picture from this episode. Yeah. Everybody, hands up. It's like when Joe Biden, you just got to keep stabbing and stabbing and stabbing. <laughs> and domestic violence. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, I went ahead and put up the cash app, uh, dollar sign Joey Aiello, just because oh. you were just talking about not having any, um, you know, you don't want any money. Well, in case you want to give money, it's right oh. there. So I just thought I want to encourage our listeners. Yeah. Encourage our listeners to keep running that to give cash to the cash app, app of, the cash of app. There's a cash dollar app right sign there. Joey Aiello, because we would love to see if someone, anyone can make money <laughs> off this <laughs> podcast. So even if you just send a dollar. Then we know, we know you, somebody's out there, they're listening. They love you, Joey. (laughs) Tip your weight staff. Oh, (laughs) you know, you know, that happened to me the other day. I was at, I was with my son and sitting next to me was this guy. And he was like, kind of like acting like he was mentoring this employee and he's a big business guy. And he was talking about, and I I need you to step up and we're going to make this much money this year and boom, 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 boom. And then all of a sudden, um, the waitress who had been working so hard clearing the plates, um, they got up and left and didn't leave a tip. And she came oh. to the, she came to the table cause she probably, you know, and I thought, well, maybe they left the tip on the, the credit card or, you know, maybe it's just, yeah. I don't see it just because the cash ain't on the table doesn't mean right. they didn't leave one. And, uh, I remember her coming up to the table going, come back again. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only way I knew they didn't tip. And then, yes. and then, and then it happened again behind me. She came up and that, those people didn't tip. And she goes, can't wait for you to come back. <laughs> <laughs> and I was so moved by, you know, I was moved that they're the working so hard. So I went out and got in money and, and tipped both those tables. Now, I didn't want her to see me do that. Right. But she did, caught me doing it. And uh, but it made me feel good because I'm I'm blessed. And, 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 and so, when, you know, uh, she caught me doing it. I felt bad that she caught me. I, I want to do it when nobody sees me doing it. You know, I right. don't need to do it. I don't want to do it just because everybody sees me doing it. But but I do want to notice people who are working so hard 
and uh, they're getting discouraged. And that's what I meant by mentorship, you know, yeah. just encouraging and lifting up uh, because um, I even had a friend who uh, I'm not going to say his name, but he, he just recently I seen a post on Facebook and he tried out for for the voice and and he got cut with no answer. And and, and his mm. post was I'm a failure. No, you're not. Yeah. That, that opportunity might not be for you. You got to You got to protect your product. You're the product. You know, what you put into yourself is, is, is what people will, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. You have to protect you, you, who you are and where, which way you want to go. And so, yeah, I think as Christians, as Christians, we have a way of posting the hallelujah, God, you know, God gave me this financial opportunity. God gave me this big show. God gave me, he gives, 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 but no, nobody's posting like, hallelujah, the door shut in my face. And right. I praise God for that because I know he's, he opens and shuts the doors and he right. can close them that no man can open. Mm-hmm. He can open, no man can close. And, and I think yeah. sometimes as Christians, we need to share a little bit more of the, thank you God for saying no. I don't know why you said no. I really wanted a yes, but I love you mm-hmm. and I trust you in the no's as well. Yeah, yeah. We're always fighting a battle to be positive, to, to not yeah. let negativity seep into our lives. I fight it every day. I fight it all the time. And, and, and that's the fight. We're not fighting against fresh flesh and blood. We're not fighting against people, you know? And so when, when you've made a commitment and that was the whole reason why I had signed up for the CCA because they had a, a statement that said, you know, you're going to adhere to uh, this level. You're, and I looked at it like raising the bar, you know, yeah. that's what my mentor taught me. He goes, do excellent. Every time you do something, be excellent, you know? Yeah. And, and so for me, raising the bar was my energy, but it became harder as I got older because my health started to, to fail. So it was hard to be energetic. But um, I remember like my grandfather, I remember some of the elders back in the day where they had nothing, but they were able to make you laugh just by doing that. And, mm-hmm. and so uh, again, it goes back yeah. to like the tramp clown, um, Charlie Chaplin didn't even have, he didn't have makeup. He, he would take those, he'd take those forks and put shoes on them. And he, that was, there wasn't a lot of motion. It was just this. And he made tons of people smile by, do, you know, from nothing, you know? So when you feel like I have nothing, no, you, you're blessed. You have, you, 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 you have everything. You have air in your lungs. You have life, you have opportunity. You have to see it in a different way. You have to look at things differently, find the humor. So that's what I try to do with comedy. Uh, like those greats did in the past is find the humor out of nothing, you know, and, yeah. and go with it. You know, I think it's Charlie Chaplin. I may be wrong, but either way, it's a great quote. I'm thinking it's Charlie Chaplin that said, let my pain be the reason for somebody's laughter, but never exactly. let my laughter be the reason for somebody's pain. Right. And that's one of my favorite quotes because it, you know, he, he looked for those things and, and allowed the pain and the, and the reality of life and what he's going through be the reason that somebody didn't feel alone. And, and they mm-hmm. got to, to laugh despite what, a, you know, what a difficult journey it can be just to, to be on planet earth. Right. Right. So I was one of the youngest patients in the stroke unit and I was paralyzed. So I have a, I have a rare muscle disease called familiar periodic paralysis and I would become paralyzed periodically. And so in my recovery, every time I tried to exercise, I would collapse because I have genetic damage inside my muscles. My muscles don't function. Like that kind of a thing. Like, you know how goats they're fine and they just fall over like that. Very much so. Yeah. And wow. it's called familiar periodic paralysis. You become paralyzed periodically. And I remember this really happened. I remember I was at Mayo Clinic and I met the doctor who wrote the book on my disease. And uh, and I said, so what is the disease? And he goes, you become paralyzed periodically. And this was years ago. 
And I wasn't trying to be funny. I just naturally was looking for hope. And I said, so what you're saying is I'm like a paraplegic with privileges. And there was silence in the room. And then all of a sudden. <laughs> Which is better than a lot than a fainting goat, I guess. Yeah. And then all of a sudden the doctor went <laughs> and snot came out of his nose. And I was like, I want to do that. I want to make snot come out of the person who's telling me that I'll never perform again. I'll never do this again. Um, and that's where it started for me. That's where comedy started was making snot come out of a, uh, and it's, and it goes back to what I was saying about the tramp clown, you know, making fun of the establishment, you know, yeah. and that, that's what, that's what I think is so funny about the politics of the day. I'm not a political person, but, but they're, they don't understand that they think they're shutting comedy down. You're actually making us stronger because mm -hmm. it, it, you, you, what we need to teach the, 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 the true, the comics coming up that, that keep making fun. You're not making fun of them. You're making, you're making fun of things mm -hmm. that, that are causing you not to be free and uh you got to be free and that's where you got to find your freedom and so and that's why our art form is so beautiful well i when when you talked at the very beginning you were talking about like the four different types of clowning and um you know talking about the character uh mm -hmm. clown and that really seems to me like in in you know this traditional form of stand-up that the character clown is actually what would be considered your act out you know but but a, a character clown takes it all the way whereas on, on a stand-up bit you're just doing it for one small section but then you also took that same skill set and used it um when when you do your redneck uh tour bus thing so, it, yeah, it, so the, i love the i was just saying, i love the fact that you can take this skill mm -hmm. and you can add it here you can add it here mm -hmm. you can you, you can you can use it everywhere and it also sounds a lot like um improv it, it is. Yeah. Well, like, see yes, the redneck man. comedy, but the redneck comedy bus, they've been a company for 18 years and they're based out of Nashville and Nashville is more of a party town. Yes. And so, you know, uh, the redneck thing, you know, they, they let you bring coolers on and drinking and all of those things. And so they hire comedians and those comedians are a little bit more edgier, you know, because they, you know, that that's what the market is. Mm hmm. But I put myself, I moved here because I wanted to raise my family. I was told when I got into comedy, you'll never have a family in this business. Mm -hmm. And and they were right if I were to stay in certain markets that don't protect families. So I moved mm -hmm. myself here so that I could travel and still work in big cities, but also let my family grow in, in a safer place. Well, mm -hmm. the Redneck Comedy Bus started expanding because they've been a they've been a company for 18 years. So they went to Gatlinburg Pigeon Forge. And uh, those comics learned right away that that was more Bible Beltish <laughs> yes. and you can't just be dirty. And yeah. so mm -hmm. so um, so then we're the third market. We just opened our first season. And basically, I recommend I recommended Paul May and I, my other friend. And it was Andy Parks who recommended me. And there was another comedian. So there was the four of us. Well, Andy quit and the other comedian quit. But Paul stayed on and I had already traveled with Paul right before the pandemic ended. And I just said, we're going to do this thing together, man. We're going to run this. We're going to. And, and we just became number one tour on TripAdvisor. We got over a hundred wow. reviews, all excellent, not one negative. And, uh, you know, not, I'm afraid to say that cause now you're going to get a hater. Yeah. Come on. You know, <laughs> I didn't think it was, fun. you know, you always got that person. Yes. You always got them trolls, you know, but, Go back but, to Texas, uh, number one, but, oh. but a lot of hard work and it was a lot of, and it was at a time where I was in Canada performing in front of 1500 people 
and my agency was in Canada and, and I got kicked out of Canada and, and, uh, and I lost all my jobs. I, I, mm. I wasn't traveling and they called me up and was like, Hey, you want to be a redneck? And I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. And, and they, and they brought me to Nashville and, and it was the one that the, there was a couple people that maybe not believed in me, but there was, there was one or two guys that really believed in me and they gave me the opportunity. And, uh, and now they believe in us so much that they've, given us the freedom to keep running, running it the way we do what we do. And I think that, that that's what you have to do. You have to be consistent. You have to be hardworking. You know, the work ethic is so important. And uh, mm -hmm. sometimes work ethic can make up for talent. And um, it, it really can. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. um, you know, it's kind of mm -hmm. funny. I was in Colorado and I was performing at the Broadmoor and they had just passed the 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 law about marijuana being being legal or illegal. And I remember the head of security, I had performed the show and then I sat in to the, I wanted to hear, I like to be around corporate people because I'm so not corporate. I want to hear how they talk and yeah. I want to hear how boring they are. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I want to study them because I'll never become them. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I like to be around. I need input. I need input. And um, the guy goes, uh, we're having, we can't hire anybody because nobody can pass the drug test. They changed the law, but they didn't change the test. So mm. everybody's failing the drug test because they're smoking weed and we can't, we can't, we can't hire anybody. And I, I thought I, I have young kids and I'm thinking, and I remember coming home and I'm like, don't ever do drugs. Or you'll have a job for life. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you'll have job security for life because you'll be able to do, because the masses is going out and doing whatever they want to do. And, and it was my mentors that told me, don't go where everybody goes. Yeah. Find, find what makes you special and harness that. And, and, and nobody, they can steal what you do, but, but they, you know, that's why it's funny. Um, there was a commercial that came out right when my raised by clowns cover came out it was being printed in minneapolis at a place called uh copycats believe it or not uh -huh. so my my <laughs> it's called copycats and there was a college student that worked there but he also went to college across the street at this college called dunwoody institution and all of a sudden a commercial comes out and one of my fans called me and said they copied your cover and and they were even doing my own jokes. And there's a mom and a dad, and they're sitting at a table, and they look, and you can see their hands, but you can't see their body, you can't see their faces. And the kid goes, Mom, Dad, I decided to go to clown college. <laughs> or I decided to go to Dunwoody. And that's when the, they, they view out and they're clowns. Their parent, his parents are clowns, and they're like, You're not gonna go to clown college. How dare you? And but what was funny was that was my original cover. My parents are clowns in the kitchen, and I'm standing in front of them like this. So the kid took my idea and made a commercial out of it. And so I called the, the thing and asked, I asked, how did you guys come up with this idea? And they said, well, this kid gave us the idea and he works at copycats. <laughs> uh, <laughs> of course he did. <laughs> and I thought that's so funny. Like he literally took my idea and made a commercial out of it with my story. So no matter how I personalized it, someone still took it, but that's right. okay. They can take it all they want, but they'll never take away the experience of growing up. Yeah. So I just recently came back from vacation with my family. And we went up to Minnesota where I lived for 13 years. Then I did a show in Siren, Wisconsin, and we started to make our way to Racine in Chicago, Milwaukee, where I grew up. 
And uh, we get to Baraboo, Wisconsin, and we go to the Circus World Museum there. And my brother told me that my mom and dad were in the museum, uh, but I didn't know where. And we, we did the whole tour. It's an awesome museum because the circus isn't really no more. Uh, uh, well, the circus exists, but Bar Bar Barlam and Bailey or whatever the name of that Barnum one is. Yeah, they're not touring like they were. So the, the, yeah. the only way to see them is to go to their museum. So we're there with our kids and we're walking through and we get to the end of the tour and we go to the clown room and I look up and there's a picture of my mom and dad sitting on a circus wagon because my dad was invited to the circus parade every year. And, and I thought that was so cool that it wasn't just my dad. It was my mom and my dad together. And, um, you know, it's just, so cool. I, I try to keep his memory alive and I try so my kids know, and my kids will tell you, they're like, daddy, they're making uh, clowns be demonic and scary. Mm. And, you know, you know, I'm supposed to be scared, but grandpa wasn't like that. And so, you know, people are going to do what, what they, what they want to do, do who you are, because you're going to get haters. You're going to get people that are like, oh, you're not, you're not, you're not, you're a hacker. You're, you're not, you're, whatever, bro. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to meet your standard anymore. Really, I'm not, mm -hmm. um, you know, and you got to find your market. And, and, and I'm telling you, when people feel realness, they'll, they'll catch on and they'll go with you. You know, I tell you in our town, the, um, one of the most famous people when I moved to Bowling Green, Kentucky, one of the most famous people in this town, like that the kids would tell me about immediately when I moved here was Broadway the Clown, this guy named Broadway the Clown. And if you got to see Broadway the Clown, man, you saw a celebrity. And I'm telling you, that cat ended up being one of the richest people in our town clowning. He took his he took his money and he invested it. And like, I mean, it, it, he's one of the most popular people. Now there's a mural of Broadway the Clown in this town. And that was one of the first people that I learned about when I moved to Bowling Green, not, not the mayor, not, you know, the police chief, <laughs> not anybody who, you know, went on to be an actor, whatever Broadway, the clown. That was well, my dad's guy. clown name was rainbow and my mom's clown name was cloudy. And together they were rainbow and friends. And uh, <laughs> we all had weather names. Like I was lightning and my brother was hail. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> Hey, hell, get in here. What the hell are you doing? <laughs> Sorry. Yes. Uh, yes. Sorry, that's a joke. And um... <laughs> well, hey, speaking of your family, because we don't want to end this without talking about your immediate family. You brought well, up your well, wife well, and your I kids. Gotta, and... I know I'm going to. But I oh, yeah. So, okay, this. go ahead. Go ahead. So, so, so uh, my dad is old school Italian. And he's got these business cards and we start getting calls to the house and we get a call and I'm nine years old and I, I can't hear what the guy says. I found out later. He goes, it's rainbow and his friends there. Can they come to our party? Times were changing. And my dad doesn't realize it. And my, my dad gets so upset. He slams the phone down. He goes, it's not that kind of party. <laughs> <laughs> and he hangs up the phone and he's like, what are all these? What are all these gay people calling the house for? I'm like, Dad, <laughs> your name is Rainbow. <laughs> we were like having a, an argument. We were like argumentative back and forth. He goes, he goes, what's wrong with that? I'm like, it's their flag, Dad. He goes, what'd you just call me? It's their flag. It's their national anthem. All right. <laughs> And my dad goes, they own the rainbows now? They own the rainbows now? And I'm like, yeah, they kind of do. They kind of do. But, you know. 
So times are changing and you do have to find a way to go with it. And again, I don't attack any one group. No. I'm not trying to make fun, but you got to find the humor in, in the conflict. And I, I love that story. And I've been told, you can't tell that on stage. I'm like, because mm. you, you don't. Well, then you're just you're ridiculous because you just misunderstanding uh pure intentions and 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 that's what i'll continue to do uh, i like like that lady that was like uh, how dare you your you, your parents are clowns <laughs> they are so the truth is the truth and you can google me and search my history and I'll always you know i always tell people i'll, I'll keep doing what i've always been doing mm -hmm. and you can you can call me a hack all you want to uh but i ain't ever changed the recipe so <laughs> my favorite part in that story was you called me what <laughs> yes yes flag i said it's a flag, flag. <laughs> well italians when italians get mad they ask questions like hey what's the matter with you you know so <laughs> Sorry, um I, I know june was about to say something but i would just pop this in real fast uh, wow. maybe or maybe not um part of the whole character thing and you talked about you know stretching yourself and wanting to do you know get out of your, um, you know, don't stay in box, you know, don't box yourself in kind of a thing. So that's why you did the redneck um, tour. Uh, yeah. Also, then. Well, it's don't my you day job. A... It's my day yeah, that's job. Your day... It's, it's, it's the whole reason why I moved to Branson, which was crazy, because I tried to have my own show. And I did have mm -hmm. my own show uh, in theaters, but theaters, we just weren't selling tickets because the tourists stopped coming. And so, um, you know, when I moved here, I, I said, you're never going to find a job in comedy on a Tuesday at 10 a.m. Mm. and two and 1 p.m. or 2 p.m. And that's the shows they have in Branson. They have shows at 10 a.m. and 2 p.m. So that's my schedule. My schedule is Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, 10 and 1. And then I, I have the night off and I go out on the road. And so so I was wanting to find how I could always have a job doing what what I get to do. And so the redneck thing is it, it lets me play and it lets me develop material and characters and that. So right. it's like and an so, open mind. Wait, so, so but sorry, so ahead. using using those skills and using that, mm -hmm. then didn't you also just recently um take a job as an actor in a in a film? Yeah, that kind of fell in my lap. That was that was Leland, man. I love Leland. You know, mm. Leland Clawson is he's he's an, another person I, I would I would call him a mentor because he never he never called me his mentor or anything, but he really invested in a mm. comics to give them opportunities. And, yes. and I, I went to Canada, I was on his comedy tournament and, and, um, and he was supposed to be in this movie. This was his movie. And then mm -hmm. he got, he got kicked out of the country in, or he wasn't allowed to back in because of COVID. And uh, he recommended me for the position. Uh, and then the church that I was going to, they knew my pastor and, and he recommended me. And so I play a, a Southern pastor. So here I was already developing the yes. Southern character. And then, and then, so, so I was like, wow, this is a great opportunity. So I play a Southern, you know, I had to work on my accent as a preacher you know and he said on the Paul he said you know and I remember the Pentecostal preachers with that you know with that 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 dialect and so I started working on it. so this is my first serious role ever in the movie nice and nice. that's uh running the bases right yes and what was crazy about that was I've been in movies before but they don't have funding so it's kind of like you're in a movie and you're like okay great we're going through the you know but then then it has to go to a film festival what, what was so cool about this mm -hmm. opportunity it had already been through film festivals it already had funding and uh so the minute the minute we did it 
Uh, we did it last year and now it's in theaters. It's going to be in AMC theaters September mm -hmm. 16th. So, mm -hmm. so yeah. So, you know, oh, what's yeah, ironic so is uh, Michelle and I actually interviewed Leland at the time that this was all kind of going on and him mm -hmm. not being able to, to, you know, be a part of the film and all of that. And now we're interviewing yeah. you and finding out that in the, in that time that he was having such a struggle, he yes. didn't, you know, he didn't lay back and, and just say, forget about it. He started looking for people that he could bless with the opportunity. that Dude, he And I love him for that. And, and yeah. not, not because of the opportunity, not because of the opportunity, because he never stopped investing in yeah. people. And mm -hmm. I, and I just, I love his heart. I love what he's about. Um, and, uh, yeah. So, the, you know, yeah, he's amazing. Mm -hmm. yeah. What a fantastic. Yeah. What a fantastic mentor. I tell you, I, I got to see him uh, just a while back when they um, he was here in Nashville and they did a fundraiser for Bone Hampton. Mm -hmm. And the thing that stood out to me about Leland was that, you know, it was a big stage. There was a lot of people there and, you know, gospel artists came in and it was just a, you know, kind of a big deal. And literally, he just came to the back with me and Chrissy Condor and a few other people in the back of the theater. And I watched him help people find seats. Yeah. And just talk to people, yeah. you know, where most of the artists, they did their thing. They left out the back door, you know, and they had a, you know, whatever. And literally, he literally wanted to be in the back. He wanted to watch all the other artists do their thing. And on top of that, he was seating people. He was right. like, because he's so big, he can see over right. Right. all that. And he was like, oh, there's one row four, five seats over. You know, I'm like, wow. Yeah, we like, come this way. We got three over here. <laughs> pretty fantastic. Pretty fantastic. Well, and so he, running he, the bases. Joey Aiello is in it. To watch he does for a that form guy. of clowning because his hands are so awkward to his body. And, you know, and he, and he, he has fun with it. He, plays mm -hmm. he plays you know he plays and that's that's awesome that's i it was the first thing i noticed when i met him i was like this, this guy's got the spirit of 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 the way i would you know grow up so that that was easy for me to trust certain comics because yeah. i could relate to them you know like oh this guy gets mm -hmm. it you know so it's pretty cool and when i met andy beningo he said the same thing to me on tours like you, you know you like to play i haven't met a lot of people that like to play and so we're just a bunch of big kids you know, just, you know, I watched my son, you know, he, he was in preschool. He's now going into kindergarten and, you know, kids are so, we were just at a party and they walk up to each other. They don't say anything. They just, they just go like this, <laughs> like puppies. The next thing you know, they're running around the room and that simplicity to play and use their imagination and have fun, you know, mm -hmm. but I did notice some kids would be like, you know, clicky and mm -hmm. ruined the fun and made my son cry or made this other kid cry. And, and, and so, and so that's kind of what we're up against. And you just have to, you have to be, find likeness, find people who, who, you know, go where you're celebrated, not where you're tolerated. And yes. uh, when, when you can do that, uh, you can grow and, and you can find, you can find what works for you. you know? mm. Yeah. When you're celebrated, that means there's a lot of cake and that means a lot of growth. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where's the cake? I celebrate all the time, baby. That's right. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, June. Do you have anything else? I, I I didn't mean to interrupt. I just wanted. No, to you're that. good. No, I just wanted to you, because you mentioned your family a few times, and and I, you know, um, your your kids and your wife and that kind of thing. And I know that life support. It's re it's really important to you know to have your family on board with what yeah. you're doing because this is a crazy journey and there's lots of highs and lots of lows and uh, and I you know. 
uh, I wondered if you could speak to to that as far as just um, keeping the family strong and oh, yeah. and it's uh, a, it's a it's a it's a out. challenge every day to make everybody mm-hmm. happy. You know, yeah. we kind of kind of went through it last night, but that's a whole nother thing. <laughs> you know, you, you, you yeah. When I came here, it was just me, my wife, and my baby girl, and uh, we mm-hmm. miscarried twins. And we mm. lost twins and they said we'd never have another kid. And that's why our son is such a miracle in itself. And uh, mm. we, we, we went there, but then we started, um, then my, my mom came, she moves right next to me. And, but you know, when they came here, they didn't have jobs or they didn't have churches or they didn't have what they were used to. And so uh, it was a struggle, but I didn't look at it as a, as annoying. I looked at it as an investment and to get them mm-hmm. planted so that they can, they can find their, what they're good at if this is where they're meant to be but we never forced them to come here we just it, the opportunities just started coming for them to come here and it was just me my wife and my my daughter now it's me my wife my daughter my son my mom my brother who moved in with my mom and then he met a girl oh. at my show and they got married now she's my sister-in-law wow. and then and then you got uh my, we brought my mother and father-in-law here from ecuador and they lived with me for two years and then uh, that was really difficult because they don't speak mm-hmm. English and, and they t- were taking things the wrong way because I was wanting them to get their own place because in American culture, that's what we do. Yes. But it's, but it's also to, not because, not because we're annoyed by them or anything. We love them. We just want them to have their own space and their own freedom. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had to have a counseling session and, and they would come and they would translate. He doesn't want us in the house. And we thought it was us. We didn't know that, that you know, and, and when we were, no, we want you to have that. And I watched my father-in-law, he bought his own land. He's got his own, his own trailer. He built his own deck, his own carport. And I'm just so happy wow. to see, you know, them have their own thing. They're in New Jersey right now, you know, and traveling and, and, uh, you know, and so we all work together. We all help each other, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, if my mom needs to go out of town then we, we, you know, but it is, it is, it's a juggle and act with all our schedules, but we mm-hmm. went from the three of us to all of us now. And so family's just growing and my, my kids are five and 11. So it's, it's a beautiful Aww. thing. It's a beautiful thing. Oh, the five and 11. I, my, my son, my oldest just moved out and my youngest is about to enlist in the military and like five and 11 are those magic times for Christmas and holidays and, and all of that. So you are definitely in the heart of some of the most challenging, but the most fun times as a parent to to talk about imagination, five and 11. Yeah, I just know I'm so super blessed because I was at a restaurant the other day and we get a lot of tourists and and, and uh, there was this mother and she had her son hogtied and he was like, I hate you. And she's like, we'll talk about it in the bathroom. <laughs> and she goes, as she gets about almost past me, she goes, feeling is mutual. <laughs> and I was like, you know, that's where you counted. I felt horrible. I mean, I had to pray for her and what they're yeah, going through. Yeah. But but at the same time, I was like, man, I'm just so glad I haven't had to hog tie him and I haven't heard I hate you yet. I, I better not hear that. But uh, but you know what I'm saying? It could come. But my point is, we've been blessed so far. So yeah. we just continue to 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 you know try to try to be positive and 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 get our kids around good things and you know that you know get them to grow. So so well, yeah, we love to hog tie you and keep you for a, a, another hour, Joey. But <laughs> I can't stand this show. (laughs) But friends, we definitely want you to check out Joey ILO. You can find him at Joey ILO Comedy. 
Joey.com. And Joey is also on, gosh, everything, y'all, YouTube and Twitter, <laughs> Joey, I-L, oh, it's Joey, I dot L dot O on you Instagram. You forgot Cash App. Joey, I-L-O on <laughs> Facebook and TikTok. All right. And um, the Cash oh, App, the one more there time. It there it is. There it is. Show Joey some love. Show Joey some love. Cash App, it's the dollar sign, Joey, capital J, O-E-Y-I-L-O on Cash App. So definitely check it out. Guys, We, if, if you'd like to watch this episode of the Laugh Support Podcast, you can find us on YouTube, on the Creative Motion Network, on Roku TV, and on Vimeo. And of course, you can listen to the Laugh Support Podcast pretty much anywhere, any major uh, podcast platforms like Audible, Spotify, Player FM, and others. Joey, we love you so much. Thank, Thank you, you so for much. being with us today. Michelle's going to scoot you back to the green room. Don't leave us because we want to give you a proper thank you. And um, yes. Michelle, go ahead. But- but before I send you back there, Joey, if you happen to know anybody in Kansas, Colorado, Wyoming, Montana, Idaho, Nevada, Utah, oh. North Dakota, Alaska, I uh, have them listen to the podcast because I want to finish filling out the map of where all our listeners are. Oh, and there's some of the New England states like Maine, Massachusetts, New Hampshire, Vermont, you know, the fancy states. Um, yes. So I want to finish filling out my my map of where our listeners are. They're everywhere across the world. I'm just saying they're amazing. Okay, now I'm kicking you back. <laughs> Call your people. <laughs> <laughs> Michelle Van Dusen. Oh, my gosh. So, you know, I take notes. I like write while we're, we're listening. And today was filled with so much fun, but so much knowledge yes. and so much just, um, just great tips, not just for comedy, but life in general, life. man, what a, what a wealth of information and an amazing guest that we've had today. It's been good. Yeah. Joey's it? my mentor. He doesn't know it yet, but he's my yeah. mentor now. Yeah. Well, jo- <laughs> Joey, I, I just said hello to him and he said, I'm not your mentor, June. I'm not going to be your mentor. No, I knew it, it was him. Joey. I knew it. It wasn't Joey. He doesn't it mentor was- people that are taller than him. That's all. <laughs> Is that right? Is that right? Yeah. This is why I'm having a hard time finding a mentor. Well, y'all, that's going to be it for this episode of the Laugh Support Podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. As always, I end with Jesus and Junebug loves you. Michelle, tell them goodbye, my friend. Goodbye, my friend.